Hello everybody and welcome to the Don't Be Mad Podcast, your weekly dose of it's really, really hot outside. But not in here because we got AC. I'm your boy Matthew aka Lefty Lucky and I'm joined here as always with... Your Molly. And Jason. Enthusiasm! And it's, uh, what, July 5th, it's about 40 degrees outside, but not in here. It's a beautiful Friday afternoon. We're just kicking back, shooting the shit and do what we always do. Fellas, how was the week? How's the mental health? Jamali, how's your Don't health? Don't all speak at once. That was a good week, though, still. <laughs> Very boring, but short week, four-day week, a four-day week. Yeah, Word man. Week, so. I appreciated that. Everything went smoothly, so. Ain't complaining. Why you sound depressed? I'm oh. not depressed. You need some energy. I'm just freaking hot. I just yeah. don't, I hate the heat. Be nice if you had a nice cold brew. Mm. Ah, delicious. Would you like one? No, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, mental health? I'm still good, going man. steady? The worst part of my day was seeing you, so. Oh. He likes tough love. It's okay. Whoa, pause, bro. I don't know what type uh, of I love felt you're that. talking about. I felt that right here. What about you, Jason? How's the week? How's the mental health? I'm good, man. I can't complain. Just uh, relaxing and taking a day at a time. I'm always in good mental health. Nothing brings me down. Oh, I hope not. You always seem to be in good spirits when I see you, so keep it up. <coughs> so for myself, the week went by pretty quickly as well. The heat was killing us at work, though. Working at a hospital, and the AC absolutely does nothing. I don't know why they spend all their dollars on central air when it doesn't do shit. As for the <laughs> mental health... It's always going strong. I'm always making sure I'm on top of my game. And including that, this weekend on Saturday, I'm going to be at Goal Initiative's big fundraiser to help underprivileged children. Well, Saturday's event will be for underprivileged children to get them into youth sports and make sure they have like profitable coverage. It's going to be a good thing. There's going to be speakers there. They're going to be playing the World Cup on TV. And overall, there's going to be a big soccer tournament that... I've entered in as well, so if you go to Percival's Molson Stadium, you're going to be able to come through. It's a free event. Bring some cash. There's going to be vendors there. There's going to be food, drinks, alcohol-free zone, though, because it's also promoting sober living for people who have been dealing with those type of things as well. So just come with the family. Come prepare to have some fun. Cheer on the teams that are playing. Cheer on for me. Big question. He says alcohol-free? Alcohol, f- no, not alcohol is free. Alcohol free, like okay, no, no alcohol. alcohol. Okay, no alcohol. <laughs> yeah, no, because okay. it's like they're they're partnered <laughs> as well with like Don Larue, which like the event for Sunday will be specifically targeted towards them, and essentially it's, they're raising funds to help for wellness and also help for underprivileged children and essentially just bettering the city. You know, so it's for a great cause, and I mean, I'm excited that they reached out to me and asked me to be a part of it, and I'm going to go as a representative for us, so I guarantee you I will score a banger for us. It'll be great. I won't hold my breath, but okay. All right, so I'm going to get you a header because he's talking shit. <laughs> and it's going to be a great time, man. Like, I'm looking forward to it. Oh. Yeah, man. And also, I'll shoot a link on the Facebook. I already did one on uh, my Instagram. I'll shoot one as well on the Don't Be Mad podcast Instagram for where you could donate if you feel so inclined. We would truly appreciate it. Boom. So outside of that, Jamali, man, what's on your mind? What do you want to talk about? Really? Yeah. No, nothing really. Been an eventful week in sports. You want to talk about sports? Nothing happened, though. That no, happened. not in sports. I'm not going to talk about it long, but just uh, well, there's the been moves. Some, there's been some developments in Women's World Cup. Well, We know who the finalists are. It's going to be Netherlands versus the United States. I mean, we pretty much know who's going to win. But no, there's only one thing assured in Women's World Cup. Yeah, the U.S. are going to win. No, no. <laughs> there's another thing that they're all going to be severely underpaid. <laughs> well, that is That's one thing. we're going to know. That is one thing. They will be underpaid, which is sad, but hopefully... It's not sad. Why is it sad? No, it's sad that... Well, I'll put it like this. When... They're more popular than the U.S. Te- men's. Specifically talking U.S. team, and, like, specifically them, yeah. The women's team should be paid more than the men, especially since it was shown that the women's team's 
brought in more revenue than the men's team. Okay. As far as like the U.S. national right. team, there's go. only one team. But go ahead. Yeah, I'm saying just for that. But as far as the women go, we're seeing now that, especially with like FIFA and a lot of these other leagues, they're starting to build up their tournaments and starting to put in new things because they want to really implement the women's like sports leagues and make them better you know more so than what we're seeing with like WNBA and some like the hockey league like women's nhls things like that you're seeing a very big push towards making sure that it's a lot more seen like it's more visible the marketing's better specifically for women's soccer so it's coming to a point where the revenue is going up they've seen the ratings for women's world cup is been some of the best they've had in the last yeah. few world cups that have come along so when that happens, money comes in. But is the one problem why um, they don't get paid as much as the men, and it's very simple, it's that um, the men's, especially on the, U- the U.S. team, a lot of them play on big teams, like a lot of English clubs, a lot of French clubs, a lot of anywhere across the world. And because of their salaries, they're getting paid extremely amount so it has nothing to do with a national team or anything like that it's that the club yeah. scenes in the the women's is not as strong as the men's oh, so yeah, that's well, why the, that's why the women's exactly won't make as much money and it's the same thing with wnba and nba it's like the yeah the wnba doesn't make they, they haven't made a profit but they're saying they want equal rights but it's the nba that's subsidizing their league to stay open yeah well going back to what you're saying there with how with the men's team, you have a lot of the men that, like, American-born players, they do play either it's uh, in the Premier League, League One, wherever, you know? Like, they get paid a lot there, so supplementary for them, it's like, if you want me to come back and play here, pay me something that is not essentially equivalent, but worth is of a, a percentage of wage that, yeah, that makes it worth my time. Whereas for the women's league, because it's already so low when it comes to the standard that's been set by the men's team, that's what they do. And, but it's essentially like the biggest argument for that has been for the U.S. women's and, and men's just because of the success rate of one versus the other and then the wage gap between the two. Whereas all the other like, countries where it comes to, like, let's say the Netherlands, let's say Sweden, right. where the men's Brazil. team versus the women's team, it hasn't been a conversation to the extent of the U.S. because right. the success has always been on the men's side and exactly. the, the marketing has always been there. We know the men's teams in those countries make more money. Like, it's not even a question. And then they right. essentially do what NBA does for WNBA, which is subsidized towards those. It's like the one-time trickle-down economics actually works But not only that, I feel like one thing that's very important is the fact that marketing dollars generating interest yeah like you know i'm not spending my summer watching the wnba i've watched a couple games i mean i would watch but i'm not like looking out for the next yeah. you know game or anything yeah. especially, if i catch it I'll, I'll peep it right and then you think about it like their season's what three months long about WNBA? Three to four three to months. Four, three to four. It's, it's pretty much the summer. Right. It's like the summer league. But not yeah. only that but then you have the nba summer leagues no. that runs into a portion of that time and a lot of people don't know, but most of these WNBA stars, they play in Russia. Yeah, because uh, Russia know, pays. pays. You know, they, <laughs> they get money out there. Yeah. So to them, coming home is an off-season in Europe anyway. Yeah. And so whatever they're making now is just icing on the cake for the, the stars of that yeah. league. No, I'm, I'm actually glad you mentioned that because I was going to bring up the fact when it came to WNBA how what's happening in Russia is essentially a bit of a phenomenon because how we have here where – like billionaires will buy sports teams just to brag about the fact that they have a sports team in Europe or in Russia specifically, the rich people over there want women's teams. So like they'll get like the women, they'll buy women's soccer teams, they'll buy women's basketball teams. And then from there, they're willing to spend millions of dollars on like the best women in the world to come and play on their team to have bragging rights against yeah. the other rich people in Russia just to be like, yeah, that's my women's team. And like they want, like their entertainment is watching women play sports as compared to us over here where it's like our entertainment is watching men's play sport because we want like the highest skill. Right. No, no, not just the highest skill, the adrenaline. Yeah. It's not even, well. The testosterone <laughs> fuel. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, because I was going to say that um, the reason why these, the women league a lot, they don't make as much money 
and this is not my words. This is Gilbert Arenas that said this. I'm sure you guys seen. Well, let's preface this post. by saying in America. In America. Yeah. In America. But this is Gilbert Arenas' uh, words. He says the reason, and I'm not saying this, this is what he said. He said the reason why a lot of men and people don't watch the WNBA is because a lot of women aren't attractive enough. That's his really? words. This is but his then again, words. you know, it's Gilbert Arenas. It's Gilbert Ar- like he is a literal social media troll. But this is what he does. In a, in a way, I understand what he's trying to say, but, I, but it's wrong. It's still wrong what he's trying to say, but I understand what he's saying. Because he, he made it, for example, um, like Candace Parker. Um, what's the other girl? Um, the Della Don girl and this other, this other girl who played in WA State. Those girls always get the popularity because of how they look and how they present themselves off the court a lot of times. They look no, but Sue Bird get love, and Sue Bird's yeah. not a super attractive. Well, Maya no, like, Moore gets love. She's not super attractive either. I get what either. he's saying, but that's more a matter of like the individual thing. But that's but why I said the thing about in America specifically when it comes to sports is we always want the best of it. Like you have NFL, which is seemingly the best of football. You know, right under it is college football, right. the best of it. Because I mean, you have. NFL and CFL, but CFL doesn't get as much love because one, it's a different type of football in itself. Right, like right. the rules are so different that it's literally a different type of football, different type of talent needs to be played for that league. But people will sooner watch college football They'll watch CFL. to watch like 18 to 22 year olds before they watch the CFL. You know, it's just a matter of the talent and, and the type of sport it is. So when it comes to that argument of like the way they look, I mean, I don't know. I can't completely agree with it because then gymnastics or tennis should be one of the but biggest like female continue, sports out there, I was right? Continue what I was going to say. He says that's why a lot of people, especially men, and in the states specifically too, are more attracted to stuff like lingerie football. And um, but he, he's 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 not what he's saying is wrong. But he's, he's we make what he's saying argument. is completely idiotic. It's idiotic, no, it's, but it's an he, argument basically that makes he's sense. he's pandering to the the perverted people out there that yeah. are just like. Yeah, I want to see hot chicks. I mean, like, who's going to... It's one of those arguments that it's like, yeah, every every straight male wants to see hot chicks. Like, we get that. But that's not, like, the the baseline argument for why it's not there. Because I can watch hot chicks, but if the product itself is shit, I'm not going to want to watch. But take, a, take another product, for example, like WWE. WWE has a lot of hot chicks who wrestle really well right now. Yeah. And that's what making the product. Before it was just WWE. They cared about, oh, girls um, doing their oil bathing and stuff. They love that stuff. But when it came to the wrestling, they were like, eh, just stick to your shit. Oh, and, and now that's, they're doing, that's, yeah, now that's they're like a perfect thing to bring up because let's, like for, I want to say what, the last year and a half, essentially, you saw a big push for the women's division. And you can bring this from WWE even to like UFC as well, where it's like women's divisions in these type of sports of like, I know W isn't a fighting sport, but in fighting sports where the women's division is like fonded after. And yeah, it's not a matter of looks. It's just a matter of what the talent is bringing to the table. I think it's table, both. I think you know? it's both. For WWE more so because them, it's all about marketing. How do you market yourself to the fans, to like the WWE Yeah, universe? but you also have to take, keep in mind as well that when you're talking football, for example, there's a woman league. Or basketball, where there is a women league. Yeah, like there's a certain physical attribute that requires you to be a basketball yeah. player. Like you've got to have some not, level it's of not skill. Attributes that are people are going to find attractive for the most part. Yeah, you know, no one. The average man is what five eleven. You think he's going to date a six two girl? But even that, like, like just think of, you got to picture it the way we watch the sport as well. They are little dots on the screen. Like right. we're not getting close ups of them during the plays. No, right. I'm seeing a miniature body on screen. So the way they look like in attractiveness means nothing. At that point it's like, no, can you play the sport? Right. Like is this actually enjoyable to watch? Of if course. it's not, I don't care how hot you are. I'm not watching cuz it's just not enjoyable. The reason we are willing to watch the highest level of men's sport is because the talent is there. The reason we watch the highest level of women's sports is because the talent is there. When right now you have Wimbledon going on, the women's side gets watched just as much, in some cases even more. more Serena sure. Williams is playing or Sharapova is playing. You know, like there's certain women that it's like, yeah, forget 
what guy's playing unless it's like Nadal, Djokovic, or whoever. Like, we're not watching. Yeah, but you have to understand these are women too. Again, going to what Gilbert Ian says, they're very skilled at what they do and are very attractive by presenting themselves not only in their field of what they do, but outside as well. Like but Serena the basis Williams, of attractiveness the basis is, is, is completely, skill. completely subjective. The reason we literally stop what we're doing and watch Serena Williams is she's not simply because she's she attractive. It's because she is the most winningest female yes, athlete in the world. And that's well-deserved. But then we have people like Anna Kornikova, who is, for some reason popular for when she sucked at everything she did at tennis however she kept her name there because of her looks and oh, it, not, it was I'm terrible. not defeating well, that whatsoever she, sucked. she was but also where highly is she ranked, ranked though but no, no not really no she no. was no she was decently she ranked, ranked enough yeah. to make it to tournaments yeah and get knocked out first second round that that enough for you to show up but where is she now she could only get off on her looks so long because the talent wasn't there. But after she, that's after she left tennis. After she left tennis. That's yeah, she left tennis because goal, she wasn't good. But <laughs> that's what I mean. That's like she only and, because and of her but looks. But the thing is, what, like she left tennis mean. because she wasn't good. I couldn't tell you what she's done since. Isn't she still married to Enrique? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> like that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, yeah, maybe for the time that you were there, you weren't the greatest. But people looked at you because, yeah, you're attractive. But we're not going to stick with you unless you have that talent to back yeah, it up. Yeah, but the platform was there for her to be there relevant for when she wasn't supposed to be relevant. That's what I'm saying. No, and, and, and I, get off the platform, I get that. I get that. But let's it. say if if we take that same approach to WNBA, I'm sorry, man. Like, I'm not going to be able to sit through five minutes of a game if nobody scored for five minutes, nobody can hold the dribble for five minutes. Like, if the balls are just bouncing around and, like, you're seeing people dribble like this and like because they don't like, want to get their nails I'm not going to watch that I don't care if you are in bikinis I'm not watching that because that's boring as fuck like if I just wanted to see hot chicks in bikinis thank you Google like this argument's not even relative because if that was the case then uh, beach female volleyball will be the number ranked sports in America and it's not it's one of the highest Olympic watch sports and that's a fact it's true. I hate to say it, but I want the highest, one of the highest. Because I mean, you still have. I don't know the. the I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I couldn't say that. Unfortunately, that's how. Because I think in, in summer Olympics, sprinting is the top one. Yeah, athletics, or is the highest. Like sprinting is the top one, and as far the, as I know. <coughs> way higher than beach volleyball. I didn't say it was higher than, um, lower than beach volleyball. I'm saying that beach volleyball is one of the highest watched, and yeah. it's because and. No one can tell you what the, the men beach volleyball thing, but I'm sure they can tell you what the women is. I, I can't. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm just saying about that stuff. No, but when I mentioned sports, I was more talking about the moves that we're seeing in the NBA, who got you know signed to who and so forth. Look, no important moves will happen until Kawhi decides where he's going. So, I mean, it was pretty significant for Brooklyn to get both Kyrie and Rose. Yeah, but we kind of knew that was happening. Kyrie and, and Durant. And yeah, Durant, Durant, not Rose. Rose going to Detroit was a... Eh. Yeah. But no, like I, I look at it as we kind of knew after like there were the whispers of where Kyrie was going, and then from there was essentially what Durant was going to do. And the second he said he wasn't going to pick up his option, we knew where he was going. Like, it was done. People who thought it was going to be the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, right. Nobody <laughs> wants to play Trash. for Dolan. Like, let's keep it a buck. Nobody wants to play for Dolan. He is a terrible owner. He is not doing anything that's going to help that team. And until true blue and orange blood Knicks fans just say enough is enough, I'm not watching the games. I'm not spending money on you guys. You think you can put us through this year after year and we're going to stick around? Because you have. That'll never happen. The Knicks are still one of the highest grossing franchises in the world of course and they are garbage it'll never happen dolan will never change until he sees it in his pocket never gonna happen no but that's the thing it's like as much as we believe that it's it's just a matter of fact if they actually want change to happen and i'm saying this as just somebody who's on the outside looking in if you want to see your team do good things if you want to see that owner either wake the hell up or sell the team you have to stop lining his pockets. This is, but you have to understand, this is, um, this is New York. Madison Square Garden. No, I'm not arguing that. I know and, exactly what and, it is. Like I said, they're like 
what they're number four, number five on like the top list of teams that make money in the in the world. Yeah, but the thing is, the thing was at some the, point, if like, and I'm talking about the true, not like those fake fans who are like the kind of like celebrity ones who are like, oh, I'm at Madison Square Garden. Screw that shit. Talking about the ones who literally the are, Spike Lee, the ones who are buying the multi colorway Nick hats. And they buy but, all the jerseys, like those ones. You're the ones who have to stop. If but, you guys stop, that's where they feel yeah, the most. You see, this is the thing. Knicks fans, you give them a little hope. I remember the, two, three years ago, there was a time where um, they had planned the protest outside the garden. And um, Dolan knew about it. So what he did, he said, oh, can't lose money. He brought in Latrell Sprewell. He brought in Allen Houston. And then the and Brooklyn people are like, oh, you bring these guys in. So we want to come see them go into the garden. This is this how this is how you appease New Yorkers, dude. After what they did, reminisce from to the past. Oakley. Yeah, they're not coming back. I'm they're sorry, still man. selling out after. But they that, did but that's, Oakley. but to me, that that was the lining of bad omen. This is karma, and if you guys let that happen, and that wasn't your wake up call, that a literal Knicks legend was told he can no longer be at Madison Square Garden. They kicked him out, like not even brought him to a box. They told him, you're out of here. A Knicks legend? That let me know everything about that team. I yep. knew about that team from since they lost to like when Thank Jordan, God I'm not a Knicks Jordan fan. Retired. I'm like, if you, can't, if you can't capitalize on when Jordan is retired, there's no way you're going to win a championship ever again. And right now, but I mean, that goes for a lot of teams. That does not goes for them. That goes for Charles Barkley in the Suns or when he yeah, was man. with uh, Philadelphia. It goes yeah, for a lot of people. York, the, Knicks, the Knicks are a different kind of stupid, though. I mean, it goes the same thing for the Utah it Jazz. It starts at the top, man. <laughs> Dolan is a problem. Yes, Dolan he is, is 100% a problem. one hundred percent the problem. And Dolan, look, we have the. You say you're next. Oh yeah, I forgot no, no, last don't week worry, uh, Tyler. you declared. I, 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 I told you what was going to happen, but you didn't listen. I tried to tell you, but you didn't listen, and that's what happens. Shout out to Wolfguard. I know you're depressed. I haven't heard from you in a couple of days. Look, I, Wolf, <laughs> Wolf, I'm talking to you right now. Please listen to me, baby. Listen to me. Just excommunicado, man. Just done. Just done. Don't do not support them until they act right. Just vow a silence. You can't do it. It's gonna be hard at first. It. Trust me, it's gonna you be hard. I've been through that. I've, I've been that. I did that. But you guys didn't win a championship. Knicks won at least two, but way back in the day. But for him, but you know what? Us like thirty years, like we're a thirty-year friend. Technically, we're still like a baby of the league. Toronto Raptors are what twenty? Uh, no, 20 they're around years. the same as us. No. They're a bit younger than us. They're around the same. They got a championship. Yeah. They also were able to land Kawhi Leonard. Oh. I wish we could have landed Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, but you had Howard. Shaq and Dwight. <laughs> Penny. Don't, yeah, Penny. Look, look Shaq, you yes. You had Penny Armstrong. The, you want me to keep dude, going down that list? You had 3D, Shaq, Penny. That was a good team. That team should have won a championship. Dude, I'm not no, saying Penny they should have. But seriously you know year. what yeah. they went into? A brick wall named Hakeem Olajuwon. Fuck. Well. Like, and he won come on, back to back. Yeah. Come on. Shaq was good, but Olajuwon was something At his peak else, at that point, bro. too. Yeah, at his peak against a baby Shaq. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's be real here, man. But, um, the Knicks, oh, man, I try to, I try to tell Knicks fans this is not going to happen. As long as Dolan owns that team, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> never go anywhere. Never win a championship. Brooklyn is the team to go now, and the Mecca oh. is the Barclays Sounders. Forget, forget the Garden. No, 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 look, they got to win something first. We're not going to start calling Barclays the Mecca. And you're not going to win, win nothing. First, man. Huh? They're not going to win anything. You Brooklyn? I just said it. They're not going to win anything. Why do you think that? Oh, I'm not going to say they're not going to win anything. I'm not well, say that. Well, for, for sure right now, I think Kevin Durant moving to Brooklyn was one of the dumbest movies he ever did for his career. Why do you say that? Why? Well, let me answer. For one, I don't think that's a team that's going to help him in any way build any form of legacy. <laughs> and... I think him grouping up with Kyrie is cool, but you know, especially with his injury, he's at least another year, year and a half out of a position. When he comes back, what is he going to do? He's not going to do shit. The East is going to be as strong. There, there's teams in the the Pelicans are going to have two years to. to Pelicans bl- ain't in the East. They're not in the East. They're in the West. They're in the West now. Yeah, Pelicans are in They've the West. They've always been in the West. No, they haven't always been in the West. New Orleans haven't always been in the yeah. West. New yes. Orleans has always been oh, in the West. Oh, they have always? Yeah. It's Charlotte you're talking about. Charlotte, Charlotte yeah. has always been in the East. 
sure the Hornets they're gonna be fucked up. But no, I don't. I think I think really and truly they're not gonna be able to do anything with that team. I, I think it's a big hype, but I don't think they're gonna do shit. I think you're grossly underestimating the year without Durant. That's gonna be great for Brooklyn. Mm. Because in what sales? Because it's not even no, going to no, be not, in. Not even that. You allow your like. We know Durant. If he even comes back next season, which I think he most likely won't, you allow Kyrie to to have a position now where it's like we're going to be running things through you. Do your thing. We know we have one of the best players in the world coming in. Right That's now, it's just a matter thought. of establishing ourselves. Right? What? That's what Boston thought when they got his ass. Well, look, I already said it was not going to work in Boston. Boston, the first season was fine. And like, got hurt I was end. adamant about saying it was not going to work there simply because you're putting Kyrie in a position where he has to be the leader on a team where it was a lot of people thrown into positions where they had to. You had Hayward, who was a leader on his team mm-hmm. prior to coming over. Right. Kyrie, who wasn't a leader, who wanted to be a leader, okay. coming in. Gordon. Yeah, Hayward. Yeah. Gordon Hayward. Yeah. But you had these two guys who was essentially like, you're, you're going to be the one and two. Both of them get hurt. And then you see a team of young, talented guys just come together and will themselves into like a playoff run that, even though they didn't win, it let them know, yo, we can run. With the vets, we can do this. Yeah, but Kyrie got hurt at the end of, like, the, almost towards the end of the season. What, he was there the thing most is, of the time. Yeah, he was there, but he gets hurt towards the end. But the big push where it's like, right now, it's like the nitty gritty where it's like, we got to prove ourselves. It was Tatum. It was Brown. It was like, it was these guys, Rosier, who were, like, holding down the fort. And you were looking like, yo, like, everybody kind of looked at it with this kind of, there was this exaggerated excitement of because these guys have been doing this, wait till our stars come back. I thought the team was the same. The team was the same in that playoff in that playoff run. It's just the that one that they just had? The one the year before, before Gordon Hayward came back. The chemistry. The got, you're, you're talking about the, the first biggest thing year. was the chemistry. The first year, yes. The you're first talking the first year. year. And Kyrie was there for most of the year. He was. He just got hurt at the end. And the thing is, that extra push that they needed, if they had Kyrie, they probably would have made it to the finals. But they didn't have Kyrie and they didn't have Kyrie. They wouldn't have beat LeBron in them. Huh? I don't think they would have made it to the finals. I don't know if they're going to beat LeBron or not, but they didn't have a chance without Kyrie. I mean, they pushed into a game seven, if I remember very well. They went to seven. That series went to seven. But but there you go. Then with that little push for Kyrie, you can give him. Kyrie's going to get you. Kyrie's a clutch player. LeBron would have locked him down. No. (laughs) (laughs) LeBron would have locked him down. like, you still my son. (laughs) No, but Kyrie. Because you got to remember, too, Kyrie plays. With the Mamba mentality without the Mamba skill. He's a guy that will just demand the ball and be chucking it up and chucking it up and chucking it up and bricking it and bricking it and bricking it. And we saw that a lot in this season. No, this in, season. we saw it in Cleveland, but no, I'm saying this season yeah, where he was the man. We saw it a lot where it's like, dude, it's not working. Let's run a different play. No, you got to take another one. And it's like, that's not what you want. So how so is that, with, how is that? with Brooklyn now, mm-hmm. the first year for looking in KD years, the first year, it's a throwaway. Whatever happens, whatever success happens out of it, whatever new, more moves they have in the clutch that they end up doing to improve their team, whatever run they could go on, it's only going to progress when KD comes in because when KD comes in, you know it's getting run through him. There's no question about it. And the best Kyrie we've ever seen is not when he's number one, it's when he's number two. Yeah, but Kyrie don't want to be a number one, a number two. He has no choice when KD comes. You're gonna tell KD he's not getting the shot. I don't think he'll have a problem being a number two with on that team. I think the yeah. team. I think I think Boston was a different. Because the Boston one thing about story. Kyrie is, if he knows you're a talented enough player, because it's what he did with LeBron. He's willing to defer to you because he trusts you. Like you have, you have great basketball. So then why IQ. would he leave? You have. Because at the end of the day, like, you, when you're a competitor, you want something of your own. Well, that's my point. But you keep saying, if, if, that's, his, if, no, saying, no, if that's his nature of wanting something of his own, why is he now going to be playing second fiddle to Durant when, first of all, the first year is going to be going through him? And all of a sudden, Durant I'll comes. I'll tell you why. Hold on. They get a, we put this, put this in perspective. They have a good year. Durant comes back. You think he's just going to just relinquish his, 
His yeah. is all great. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because in Boston, where he was the man, he hated it there. Boston media are the type, like, they're essentially worse than New York. They are the type that will make up the rumors, they'll create the stories, and then they'll run the narratives. And because enough of them are saying it and pushing it, it becomes full-blown stories. They, once, like, Kyrie had any type of little issue inside the locker room or any type of post on social media that they found questionable, they had already resigned that, yeah, we got to get rid of this guy. He's not good for the team. He's not great. Like, where the numbers are going down, we're not getting the wins. They immediately start fueling their agenda, and that's what they did with him. If the Boston media had sat back, allowed things to play out, win or lose, but show that support, I guarantee you he would have stuck around. But when you don't have the backing that you're supposedly felt you would have, especially when in the beginning of the season he was like, I'm going to resign with you guys. I like it here. You know, like last year we didn't get to do what we needed to do. I want to do it now. And then when you're there and you're giving it your all and all you're getting is shat on by the same people who are like, just wait for him to come back and it's going to be a difference. You don't want to be around that. I don't know. I still think it's a bad move. But you go to Brooklyn. This team has literally nothing. There's the history. It's like New Jersey Nets history is not Brooklyn Nets history. Guaranteed. It's different. So you're really coming to a place where you can be the hero and write your own history in a place where they, they're seeking it. They're seeking people that are going to be the stars of Barclays. They're seeking people who are going to be like shining lights in a place where essentially like D'Lo was the last one to really just give them that feeling of, yo, we can be something. And they're not re-signing him. Well, because Kyrie's coming. Because Kyrie's there. Who would you but take? it's a matter of you're Kyrie. looking at it like they have like Brooklyn Nets have always been the child of the Knicks. Like that's how it's been looked at. Now's their chance to just we got these two prominent players, top signings coming to our team. And we know with his injury, we don't got to expect anything right now. Let's see this through. Dude, I can tell you this already. They already have New York. It's over. Oh, yeah, they do. They, they already have New York. No, they 100% the have New York. That's not even a question. That's because New York over. media will always be one way with the Knicks and another way with the Nets. Not even that. It's because the, the but new, No, the, but the because Knicks. of that, especially because of that, it allows the Nets to essentially, like, even if well, at some point they have a losing streak, the scrutiny on them will never be anything compared to what the Knicks go through. No, because the Knicks, the Knicks, this team has been around since forever. And we've been waiting for the Knicks to do what the Brooklyn Nets did in one summer for 40-something years. And in one summer, they were able to do it. Well, and I mean, they, that's not fair to say because they did, sign, they did sign um, Carmelo, even though my perspective on Carmelo is different. Carmelo, than Carmelo and Amari. And Amari in one summer. <laughs> and you know what? They Bad knees Amari. Like, they should never sign him for that contract. That bad contracts. Oh yeah, because um, I'm, I'm sorry, but, Noah. but but I'm sorry, but um, Kyrie is not exactly the most healthiest with his foot. Kyrie, this I'm not saying he is, and neither but. is Kevin Durant. So I don't know why. This is my point to you guys. You exactly what you guys are saying about Stoudemire, like literally, is exactly who those two players are. They're mm. not going to pan out as much as you guys. Amari is a championship. Amari is a champion. No, he, Kevin he, Durant will pan out. Amari, Amari, Amari you got to look champion? at it too, like. The one thing that Kevin Durant has that has always been his bread and butter is his shot. His injury is fucking serious. His it's, shot has nothing to do dude, with his injury, though. His uh, injury yeah, affects his explosiveness and maybe his, his, the height of his jump. Okay, but that's part of his game that but is completely... His bread and would, butter if his, if, is if, his if, shot. If it doesn't heal right, well, that's dude, a large well, portion well, of his game. What? It's going to heal well. It's well. going to heal. He's a multimillionaire it's with gonna all state-of-the-art facilities. It's going to heal well. Oh, it's yeah. going to heal well. Yeah. You're talking about Amari like, Stoudemire. Compared to Amari Stoudemire, it's Kevin it, Durant. Is he not a multi-millionaire as well? But he's not a champion. He hasn't won anything, and you're comparing him to, to Kevin Durant. Of course I can. How? What has Amari won? What have the Knicks done to say that, oh, I can't be fair with them? The Knicks giving up bad contracts, trading Zach Randolph, trading Bro, it's Jamal funny because you, 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 you're looking at things in such a weird perspective. Paying because last week, last week, you didn't, Doc Rivers' championship didn't come for shit because it was a terrible coach. But somehow this time, a championship comes for Kevin Durant. Like, 
if it's either a championship count for you or it doesn't count because for you. Because Kevin but Durant went on the team and made it better. And now the question in the team that a he A team that already had one championship without him. And Le- lost the championship because of you. Because you said, because like you said, you saying LeBron didn't have everyone to beat him the first time. That's what you said. And now when LeBron has everyone with Kevin Love and Kyrie, he beat him the second time. And you said because they got Kevin Durant now. Oh, because all this. That's what you said. Well, I mean, if you remember That's the first time those team ever met up, Kevin, uh, Kevin Love got his whole shoulder ripped out of place. All right. So what I'm trying to tell you is, is that Kevin and Durant makes a difference. Kyrie's knee exploded in game Kevin one. Kevin Durant still makes a difference. That's what I'm trying to say. He makes a difference on a team. He made, as much as you're saying Golden State, he made Golden State a whole time better. And now you're questioning Golden State because right now Curry's by himself. We're going to see what they're going to do without him because they only really won one championship, one championship without KD. And the, the one that they won was questionable because because LeBron didn't have any of his players. He had um, uh, the Matthew Del Vadova as the second best player. So you can't really say you can't really say that Kevin Durant is not going to do anything. On I the never box. said Kevin Durant. I'm not questioning his game. I'm questioning the fact that his injury is very, very serious. I understand that. And most players who get that, if it's not done properly, they end up not being the same player that they once were. He's Kevin Durant is a slasher. He's a person who likes to move with the ball. He's not a spot shooter. So a large portion of his game is going to be reduced to being a spot-up shooter. Which is something he does above average better than most people already. He's a sniper. He's a, he shoots well over 45% from three. So uh, no one's questioning his ability. So then what are you saying? That, what he's Do you think he's going to want... You, you understand the mentality of an athlete... Like, if they're used to doing certain things, you see it with Cousins, right? They're during the, last, yeah. the last, uh, last few games. There's moments where you look at it and you're like, wow, we got him back. And then you look again and you're like, oh, shit. This is, you know, he's, he's hurt. Derrick Rose was the same way. You see him get hurt. He comes back. He's not the same, but he has flashes of greatness. But it's not going to be as how it once was. And this is what I'm saying with KD is that you, we can't say, like, it, it's a great move for the city and for the team and the image and all of that. But for him, career-wise, I don't, I don't know if that was the best move. I well, to counter that, what I will say is, in comparison to what Katie's going through now, what Cousins did, what Derrick Rose went through, with Cousins, I felt he could have benefited from essentially just fully sitting out the season rather than trying to come back. Because right. when you go through that injury, it's like you have... the basically the time where you literally can't do anything, right? right like you're, he had the Achilles happen. And then right after that had the quad happen. Quad, so yeah. it was like, you have a double injury now that you had to rehab and he rehabbed it, felt it was good. Like you're they still doctors rehabbing. gave him the okay. Yeah. And I feel like if anything, cousin should have sat out basically the season, call it a dud season just to make sure that you do more than simply rehab it, but essentially strengthen it again, endurance it again, Get it to a point where it's like I can get full physical with this where I'm not on a situation where I'm coming into games and they're like, we're going to limit my minutes. Because essentially what happened when he first came back, because he was coming back from all that rest, he was energized. He was good. Like He was like, yeah, I can push it. I could do this. Right. But what ended up happening was because, as we always say, training speed and game speed are not the same. Absolutely. Game speed fatigue set in both those muscles that he injured. And now coming into the next game, he was, you could tell he was slow. He was having to like force himself to do a lot of things. This is the Boogie Cousins? Cousins, yeah. But the Boogie Cousins is out of shape, though. He was but way he's out, out of shape. He was out of shape because of how long he was he off with the injury. He shouldn't have played. Yeah, he should not Exactly what I'm saying. He should have essentially just sat out and be like, you know what? Like, as much as I want to come back, best for him would be to fully allow himself to get to a point where the endurance... And, and the stamina goes back into those muscles through rehab, through training, and, and really pushing it. So with KD, best thing he can do is literally sit out the whole season. Don't try to come back. Sit it out. You know you're going to get good medical attention in New York. Not a problem. Make sure you get all that done. Make sure when they say it's okay, it's like it's really okay. And then after that, go into getting yourself physically fit again. Because the amount of time that you're not, like, you're literally forced to be on your ass compared to the time that you do rehab and then start trying to get physically fit again, you try to do all that within the nine-month span, 
and then jump right back into the game, your body is literally as if it were us to do it for nine months. Hey, it's not going to work. I'm just going to say this when it comes to um, Katie. I think we did. <laughs> I think personally we did. It was the best move for his career. Um, what, what what I laughed last week was about where um, the Knicks, um, they had a conversation with Katie to get him on the Knicks. And <laughs> they didn't offer him shit. But Dolan said he wasn't willing to give Katie the max. Because uh, well, but that's the thing that that conversation. I can't remember who who first mentioned that. Like they were saying how they had they talked to him either it was over the phone or it was like a, a conference call or whatever. And yeah, he was saying he didn't want to offer him the max. But then there was another thing that came out where they said there was zero offer made whatsoever. Uh, who do you believe, the Knicks or Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant's team? No, I believe there was no offer made whatsoever. I believe there was an offer made. Because, I don't believe that. Like I believe for with when it comes to the Knicks, there was no, no offer. offer. I, I guarantee you, because no to me it's like I guarantee that's you that's typical Knicks shit. You know how? You know how I guarantee it? Because um, Steve Mills came out. Oh, we know we're disappointed. We didn't get these players and stuff like that. But look forward to next year or something. He came with a statement right after this happened. Right after yeah, this was to reported. save face. That means they but offer we was made. know the fucking Knicks. But that's, a, that's what I'm saying. They, <laughs> they made the offer. They didn't want to give KD the max. So bad contracts to uh, Amari Stoudemire, bad contracts, bad contracts, Kershaw, Stephon Marbury, Allen Houston. But even with that, Allen Houston wasn't cross, a bad contract. But, but even you, with that, let's, let's even stopped, say you draw the line whether they around. didn't offer him a max or if like the offer that they had put on the table was significantly less than what he deserves, either or, what the hell are you doing? Like, what are you doing? This is literally the top free agent in this free agent class right now. You give him top dollar. You give him what he wants. You give him what he like, wants. Like, there's no question about and it. You know what's sad, too? You give him top dollar and you say underneath the table, you will not have to worry about any medical expense. We will fly specialists in if we have he to. He was in New York rehab. We will fly you to he, specialists. He, like, he, that's what you say to a guy like him. He was in New York rehabbing. And you know what was funny, too, is that... Instead of like the Knicks, when they when they um, acquired DeAndre Jordan, I was watching this on first take. Stephen A. said that DeAndre Jordan is one of Kevin Durant's best friends. Yeah, he told him don't His come best here. Best friends, <laughs> and it's like because he treated De- because they treated DeAndre bad. They didn't play him, didn't do anything. Come on. So that's instead, so Knicks, if you're bro. trying to if you're clearing cap space before you picked up Porzingis to get two free agents, and you know DeAndre Jordan is his best friend, why not try to be positive and play DeAndre Jordan and try, you know, benefit, try to get some rapport so that, oh, DeAndre says, you know, you should come to this team. No, they didn't do this, didn't do that. Because the, the Knicks. The Knicks always doing something stupid. And uh, this, is, this is why I want Wolf to like... Oh, ASMR, it's the fucking Knicks. This is why I told Wolf, to you gotta it. come to the Lakers. <laughs> <That's what I'm laughs> <saying>. <laughs> They're fucking garbage. Wolf, you gotta come to the Lakers, man. The Knicks, re- it's over, dog. You're never gonna... Did you say come to the Lakers? Come to the Lakers, oh, that's right. Come on, Thanks to LeBron. No, um, thanks to, but anyways, to Legacy. Let's move on to... Ronnie win anything yet. Stop it. What's next on the docket, Jamali? Well, the most the conversation that we had, what we're going to talk about, you could introduce it because you... No, you no brought, it's, this is yours, man. Run no, no. Because you know it. it better than me. Introduce what the article that you want to talk about. Oh, the article. I'm Tom Zalatni, host and producer of Up for Discussion, a long-running comedy podcast on the Upford Network. Every week... Me and my team of hilarious improvisers use audience-submitted questions to dive deep and delicious into every topic under the sun. Nothing is off-limits. The audience has full control. It's like going to an improv show, only it's in your ears, and nobody's asking to see a scene about sex toys. Hopefully. One reviewer called it an underappreciated cult classic. Another reviewer called it not a very compelling product. Go check it out and see for yourself. The Up for Discussion Podcast. Available wherever fine podcasts are sold. I'm Julian McKenzie, co-host of the Scrum Podcast, a sports show I'm doing with my podcasting partner in crime, Tristan Damore, on the UpFord Network. Every week we analyze something different from the Canadian sports media landscape. Lack of diversity, getting a job in the field, coverage of different sports, and answering some of the harder questions. Through a combination of back-and-forth discussion and high-profile guest interviews, we're aiming to figure out exactly what's up in the world of sports. Find us wherever podcasts are sold. iTunes, Stitcher, 
Google Play, SoundCloud, Message in a Bottle, Morse Code, Telegram, Singing Telegram, Target, Walgreens, Bird's Nest, Dad's Shed, uh, and a crowded convention center bathroom. Well, yeah, essentially it was... uh... Like, I can't even remember if we're I got to pull up the article. Really? The teen accused of rape? Yeah, because I thought you wanted to talk about when they see well, us. Yeah, essentially in, uh, in discussion. You can mix, you I can feel mix like when they see both, us is a you can mix both conversation together. we've wanted to have more so than this. We could come back to this at any time. But it, that's, that's, the, that's the laying the ground. That's part of it? Yes. All right. So there was a teenager accused of rape at a party. And there was a judge who essentially said that, you know, this is a kid who comes from a good family. He's going to go to a good college, so we should be lenient on him and, you know, not charge him as an adult. Charge him as an adolescent and limit his sentence as much as possible because, you know, he's a white kid from a good family. So I had brought that up to you guys just to set up a premise of just how these things that we've known that go on for a while where there's these biases that happen from judges and lawyers depending on race depending on stature or class and going into what you were bringing up before with when they see us how you have these people who essentially look central at the central park, park five. five who are these black kids and this woman who was claimed Claim who got raped in got the park, yeah. not claim, sorry, who got raped in the park and how you had these prosecutors who were essentially saying any black kids in these park, we're going to question them, we're going to bring them in and find out which one of them did it, you know, without knowing any facts of who exactly did rape that woman. Right. So you want to take it from there? No, I just think uh, one of the things that I really wanted to touch on was, you know, children being children. You know, I personally think at the age of 16, you shouldn't have better common sense to, to have done something like that, especially like in detail where he filmed the whole situation, he sent it to his friends, he made a comment via text message to his boy, like something to the degree of like when you lose your virginity through rape, all these other things. Yeah, well, and, he was filming it. Right. Yeah. And so, yes, it's fucked up that he did that. But is the concept of children being charged as adult for the lack of education given to them. That's where, like, for me, and I think it more so than the kid, what he did it was obviously disgusting. I'm not going to defend him. But the judge, on the, on, someone sitting on the bench, to be fair, like, that's not fairness. You know what I mean? I don't think he should have charged him as an adult, but the basis of, like, you know, he's a good kid. He's a Boy Scout. Showing blatant bias. Right. You know what I mean? Like, th- those are the issues where, you know. Well, I, I look at it as when it comes to the charges of adolescence or adult, I think for this specifically, where you have somebody who is literally filming their criminal act, announcing the criminal act, so they're fully aware of what they're doing, leniency should not be shown in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Like, it's not a situation where it's like, you know, both of them are drunk, she says no, and he doesn't. And in that situation, it's like you can you can find the nuances and figure out exactly where the mindsets were. But we knew exactly where this kid's mindset was. So you think... We knew exactly what he was doing. So he should be charged as an adult. I think he should be charged as an adult in that sense. Because if you're filming it and saying when you lose your virginity... That was a text message that was sent thereafter. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you're you're acknowledging the fact of, yeah, that's exactly what I did. And, like, it's fucked. Like, I can't look at that and then look at this kid and be like, you... You did something bad and aren't aware of why it's bad. I mean, why is that hard to believe? That I, I, I'm not. I'm not arguing, but I'm just curious to know. Like, well, I feel like if you're going to go to that extent of essentially announcing it, you're showing it off. Like you're you're priding yourself in it. You're fully aware of what you're doing. Like that's not something that is like a spur of the moment mistake. That yeah, you should still be reprimanded for. Right but I'm not going to take leniency on you because you knew what you were doing and you're proudly boasting about what you're doing. 
You know, like you're you're not in a situation where you can feign ignorance. You can't. What do you got to think about that, Jason? Well, listen, this is how I think about something like this. Um, you have access every successive generation, um, like your offspring and kids following that, have access to information that's available to them, ready available to them. So, for example, something that we didn't know when we were kids, um, kids of that age, of our age, like say like when we were 13, kids who are like 10 years old, 9 years old, they already know that knowledge. So they, they already know a lot more than what we knew back when we were kids. So this access, it comes to access to information, access to, you have a phone. Back in, back in um, elementary school, high school, we never had cell phones until like later on until high school. But now they have it from coming from elementary and stuff like that. They're, you see stuff like World Star videos and all that bullshit that people, oh, you guys are smart enough to go on World Star, do this stuff. No, it's bad to post it up because mm. it's World Star, but you don't know that you're raping some girl or something like that. That's a problem. Yeah. So you know exactly what you're doing. And to, you can't plead ignorance in that case, especially right. if you're posting it up to get a reaction out of something. If you know what the reaction is and if you know what you're posting up, you, you know what you're doing. So be, on that basis, he should be charged as an adult. I think so, yeah. Because if, if, you, if, if you have all these avenues of information to you and you're using it successively for your own gain, you can't plead ignorance to when the bad stuff happened to you after. Yeah. So you're saying, but no, because what I wanted to, to me, the way, like the way I'm looking at it and is the concept of adulthood and, you know, juvenile, right? So it's like, what you guys are saying is like, okay, you know it's wrong, so that you should be blamed as an adult, but then legally, you're still a kid. And so there's no leniency in the sense of like, okay, well, yeah, I'm not saying he's right by any means. Yeah, no, he's I, not I, wrong. Yeah, yeah. I just think like the system is so fucked up because I don't think, I, I, regardless of what you did, I even, even if you did like capital murder at 16, your punishment should be great, but to be, they should not try you as an adult. To me, like that's crazy. I think, I think what you're trying to say is, the penalty should be the penalty. It shouldn't be a child or an adult. Right. Like, this, this whole is notion the of a like. Yeah. Which in that case, I I agree with you. But I think the reason you have these like charged an adult, charged as a child situation is because of that thin air of ignorance. Right. If like. No, but also too, like correction. When you go into correctional facilities, it's for you to correct your lifestyle it's for you to you know obviously understand what you did is wrong like a 16 year old doing something like this i'm not saying that it's again i'm making yeah. sure i'm clarifying it it's heinous what he did and it's atrocious like first of all even if you even if she was 18 and you were 18 you don't film a chick in that capacity you don't share it like i would never share videos with any of you guys we're cool but we're not that cool <laughs> you feel me and i'm That's sure fine. it's the same way right it's mutually understood right <laughs> <laughs> but I think in terms of the criminality, and that's why I wanted to link it with the Central Park Five, because all these guys, all these kids, you know, Central Park, they were between 14 to 16, mm. all hit with these adult sentences. Where, whereas even like that girl too, uh, Santonia Brown, her too got hit with adult sentences. And these are kids, like, as much as we like to believe that we were logical and we're this, we know right from wrong. Like, a lot of shit we did, if we had what these kids have now, a lot of us would be, yeah. you know, in hot water at some point. I will say, it, with the difference with the Central Park Five in this situation... Right. It's the innocent factor. No, not, not even the innocent. It's a matter of the fact of actual concrete proof. We have a video of him doing right. it. We have him sending a text But that doesn't saying, make him, that doesn't put him in an in adult. And like I said, I, I agree with your premise of the crime should be the crime and the punishment should right. be the premise. It shouldn't be an adult or, right. or child thing. But it's like when you have somebody in this situation, like 16 years old, the most they could have given was a two-year correctional sentence. And when he's 18, he's out. Whereas we're looking at a guy who literally acknowledges the fact that he raped someone, acknowledges the fact that he's taking her virginity. Like, there's a lot of like levels of fantasy that's happening right now. Right. For a 16 year old kid who essentially, when this is happening, it looks more of a matter of premeditation. 
And I mean, I know that's speculation. That's speculation heavily. But it's like you filmed it. You sent out a text that accompanied it that essentially confesses to the crime, a very bad crime. Absolutely. Like, I'm taking your virginity through rape. Right. There's no way I can look at that and be like, but he's a kid. But but that's my point. Like, this is what, this is what I'm saying. This is exactly what, like, I'm even dealing with it too, right? Trying to, you yeah. know, under, like, differentiate or take my emotions out of it. But at the same time, there's a, a barrier that I feel that if a society, we tell you at 18, you're an adult. Right. You can make decisions. You could do this. I think there should be that barrier that exists all the way through. It shouldn't be selectively mm-hmm. removed because you yeah. feel some type of way about it. Just like, you know, when you look at what happened in USC like two years ago with the garbage can situation, he violated that woman and he got six months and he was a grown ass man. So with that, keep emotion and opinion out of it. Right. And just look at the crime itself. Right. The penalty for rape is what? And if it's 15, if it's 10, 15 years, boom, that's it. Yeah. Regardless of if he's 16 or not, if that's, that's the penalty, you did this crime, that's the penalty for this crime. If legally they have to announce we're charging you as an adult, it's because that is the penalty for this crime. That's the way I see it. Right. I'm not seeing it more as I feel they should do this. It's more as... This is the crime you committed. This is the crime that you yourself admitted to. This is the penalty for that crime. But I agree with you 110%. I hate when they put that, like the whole juvenile concept to it. Like, I think, like, nonviolent act, I could agree with the juvenile portion. Mm. Like, they're like, okay, there's a clear difference. He's a kid, didn't think too much in what he was doing and whatnot. Like, I could agree with that. But when it comes to, like, rape, murder and those type of stuff i feel like there shouldn't be like this glass window that is selectively lift yeah. when it's to the you know when you want to really make an example out of something also yeah. too i you know i was thinking about like the education system we don't teach like the way the way people you you know how much of us had the birds and the beast conversation with our parents one mm. two how much of us learned that in school how to approach a woman how to do this what's appropriate what's not appropriate and especially in our gen- this generation, the younger ones, where everything is done for clout, bro. We know it's a reactive uh, generation. They do everything for direct impact. Mm. You know. But there you go, what you just said. They're doing, it, they're doing it for clout. So if you're doing it for clout, you know what you're doing it for. Bro, we do a lot of things as, as people. We know why we're doing it. And we don't even think of consequences. And you can't, a 30-year-old person doing something and a 16-year-old or 15-year-old doing it, I'm not going to necessarily say the 15-year-old should get a benefit of the doubt, but it's, again, it's an emotional decision, in my opinion, that the judicial system is using. Because when, the thing about it, too, why, why I wanted to bring the Central Park Five, there was a thing with Tamir Rice, with Tamir Rice getting hit. They did a study, and they said, like, in the eyes of the law, certain, like, they look at, how to put it, how to put it, because I don't want to. Well, before you, before you put that, that them look the emotional decision was made by the judge who right, was saying. Right, that's another thing too, right? Like, in, in this specific case, he was definitely wrong. Ray, he was like, oh, he's from a good family, like, good kid, he's going to be somebody in college. Like, and that's was, an emotional decision. Right. Whereas the prosecutors who are like, no, we're going to charge him as a doll, like, this is the amount of years for rape, and we believe he... Well, we don't believe it. Like, we see he does right. it. He, he acknowledges he did it. Right. This is the penalty. Right. That is, like, the least emotional. No, I'm not. I'm, that's yeah. what I'm saying. No, I, I, was, I was just trying to correct because it sounded like you were saying, like, them charging him as a child or as an adult is an emotional decision. No, 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 no. Okay. Not at all. Yeah, I'm just I'm, making I'm, sure. Emotionally, okay. in regards to when Jason was saying that, like, you did something wrong, you know you did something wrong. But I'm just saying, like, there's a certain, I mean, if you, like, for example, you understand the concept of jaywalking and why it's wrong, right? Yeah. But when you're a teen, you didn't give a shit about that. I mean, 30 years, I don't give a shit now. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then again, you're not going to jail if you jaywalk. What? If there's no cars in the street, <laughs> Then again, friend. you're not going to jail if you jaywalk. You know it's wrong when you're a kid, but you don't care. The consequences could be the same. You could get hit. You can get hit. True. That's on you. Look, and extreme that's on the person, but you know, street crossing, my friend. But you know, but put the, it in the next game. No, but again, <laughs> but again, you know, you know, especially Montreal in the potholes and the cones. <laughs> oh man, it, but again, it's a you know, trip. <laughs> you know, you're not, you know, there's not a real big consequence to jaywalking. What at most you're gonna get a ticket. Fifty dollars. You're gonna get, you're gonna get hit by a car. Don't but hit me with that. But if you're gonna cross the street, you're most likely not gonna jump in the street when there's a car there. 
let's be honest however if you're doing something like you said the rape thing and you know it's wrong you deserve to be put into population you deserve it and you think a six-year-old child should be put in general population a oh, six-year-old six, child six a 16 year old boy should be put in general population put him in population Bro, you're talking out your you ass right now. If a six-year-old boy wants to act like a bad adult. Bro, you guys you are stupid big, right now. If he wants now. to be a big man, let him be a big man in jail. Bro, raping somebody doesn't... If it's the most emasculating thing you could do to di dictate your manhood. So he's not trying to be a big man by raping somebody. Then what is he trying to do then? I don't know the fuck he was trying to do, but I wouldn't say that he was trying to be a man about it because that's the most unmanly thing you could do okay so <laughs> he was but he trying knows to exert his manly power exactly he knows jail. he knows what he's doing put him under the jail put him in population. Me and jason on the same page that put him in population <laughs> you guys are crazy put him in population and let's see if he can get away with what he did with that girl or if he can get away from oh whoa, whoa, whoa. we're not uh we're not inciting it now. hey <laughs> the, the emotional factor <laughs> hey i'm just saying <laughs> these stuff happen these stuff happen this is what happened that's a, episode of Oz a consequence i'm <laughs> oh, no. sure i forgot about Oz. <laughs> That shit was gangster as fuck, bro. <laughs> no, nah, I don't think you guys understand how serious... Like, to me... No, I understand, I understand how serious... Which is why I'm saying, for me, looking at the situation of... He films it, he sends out a text that acknowledges the literal crime he's doing. Right. If this is the penalty for rape, you deserve the penalty for rape. That's there how I see it. That's not opinion. That's not emotion. That is, this is what it is. No, it's true. Because, I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing with you in any way, shape, or form. I just have a hard time. Because, it's like, to me, when you, when you have the concept of juvenile and adult, is that juvenile, there's some sort of understanding that they're still growing. They're fully un, not aware of their, the, the whole, the capacity of what they're, the consequence of what they're doing. And you have the adult side where it's like, okay, you know what you're doing, yeah. this, that, and the third. And so when the judge, for example, like when you call the parents in and he's like, you know what, don't do this to him. You're going to ruin his life. You're going to do all this. Like that type of leniency is exceptional. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying they should be doing. It should never happen. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think we should even make the victim feel like she shouldn't have to mm -hmm. seek some sort of justice. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm obviously, there's a more in-depth fact, like kids, whoever's house they were at with alcohol and them being underage drinking. There is that as well. You know, there's all these factors that needs to get evaluated and these people, all of this. That's a set, you know, you civil, put, civil case. Right, but you, I know it's a civil case, but you put all of this together and you create a, a, a place for fucked up things to happen. Not excusing his behavior at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it was really difficult. When, I, when, I, when you sent it to me and I read it, I was like, yo, that's kind of fucked. Yeah. Because, you know, but I really do think like, if you're going to punish kids, give them a serious punishment, but you still have to give them, and it's again, that's what I'm saying, it's emotional. Rape is wrong, 110%. There's no excuse about it. But if you're going to talk about juvenile doing it and adult doing it, but you're juvenile, but you should get an adult sentence. You want the rehabilitation to be more important for right. the youth. I, especially at 16. Yeah. Of course, absolutely. I mean, at 16 years old, if you put him away for 15 years, when you come back, he's 30. What I mean, you could still be a contributing person to society, hmm. but you're essentially taking a portion of his life. Not that I don't think you need to go to jail for 15 years to realize what you did at a 16-year-old. If you're 26 and you're doing this shit, bro, there's something wrong with you. You're more of a, a menace to society. You deserve 20. <laughs> yeah. No, but then, but the reason why I have it so severe is that you're you're not looking at it the victim's point of view as well. So take a look at all right. Yes, you're scared that he goes in, not scared, but you're saying it's a little bit too harsh for a 16-year-old to be in population. What I'm saying is what about the consequences and psychological effects that it's having to the victim? What if... Well, what if, what if 15 years what for if, you, what if next lifetime year, for me. What if, what if next year she kills herself? What if next year she has psychometric... She goes crazy, starts stabbing up any random guy she comes up to? These are stuff that happen, and these are what you have to think about. And these... And but there's a lot of people who go to jail. I mean, we, Khalif Brother went to jail went to population as you said was released and he hung himself because of shit he had to live with so hey. you make it seem like when these people go to jail in population that they don't come out with some sort of like no PTSD i'm saying they should well. they should be buried under the jail and stay where they are these are well, not, not people who, that, these are not that's people, a completely different situation these are not people who belong in society especially if you know it's wrong and you're still doing it that's crazy you don't 
either be in a psych ward be or be in a correctional facility one or the two but you can't be in population with people you cannot have these people on the street can't you can't just do it all right let's let's wrap it up yeah man um i'm good to close it up there any final words no well, but we have to revisit. You guys need to watch that when they see us. Yes, so we can have we'll a more in-depth it. conversation. It's gonna be the longest watch of my life because I'm telling you, I'm gonna well, watch get, one well, episode get started. and I'm oh gonna be gosh. pissed for four days. <laughs> I told you, you I watched episode one and I'm like 25 watch minutes one episode, into it. I'm gonna want to. I was fight. like, uh, I'm not gonna watch this anymore. <laughs> but then I eventually binge watched everything. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Don't Be Mad Podcast. As always, you know where you can reach us on Twitter and Facebook at Don't Be Mad Pod. You can also reach us on Facebook at Don't Be Mad Podcast. We're here every Friday live streaming for you guys. And we come up on Spotify, iTunes. Are we still on Google Play? We're on everything. We're on everything. Everything imaginable. That pops up on Mondays. Thank you. Share. Tell your friends. Tell your pets and tell your enemies. This is a Don't Be Mad podcast. Take care.